Welcome to Otani Comes to America, a show about the best baseball player in the majors, Shohei Otani. I'm Kev. And I'm Jack. And if you don't know already, we are on Otani's fifth season, which means it's also the fifth season of this podcast. It's insane to say that out loud, but <laughs> shout out to y'all who are listening. Shout out to Japan, yo. You know, still home. Yes, sir. The true mecca. We wouldn't be here without Japan. Yeah, and also shout out to the Japanese illustrator Hickey Baseball, H I K K Y dot baseball on IG, who did our new cover illustration. Thank you for that. Shout out to you if you know what every cover of Otani Comes to America looks like. Talking about the reigning MVP. We're talking about the true Babe Ruth. I never met Babe Ruth, never saw him. Could be a myth, you know, the US, the moon landing, all that conspiracies. He probably never even played in the majors, and it's all for movies, but. We don't want to go there. Altani's real, and we finally got the season we wanted out of him, and now we're going into the fifth season with a lot of hopes, a lot of dreams, and a lot of entertaining games that we're waiting for. Yeah, so we're entering the season about a week later than originally planned because of the lockout stuff. I don't know how much we want to go into that, but just to quickly recap, the MLB and players, aka the owners and the players, had to settle a new contract, a new CBA, was a whole complicated thing. The two sides hate each other. The owners didn't even have to put a lockout in, but they did, and then didn't negotiate for a while and all this stuff. But long story short, it eventually got resolved, which is good for Otani because with his service time and free agency, which right now he's set to be a free agent after next season, but if enough games this year had been canceled, it wouldn't have counted as a year of service time for him, which would have been terrible. I mean, they're already robbing him, honestly, because of the stupid rule with foreign players coming over and only being able to make X amount if you come at this time. So for Otani's sake, aside from everything else, it was definitely important to get that done in time. Otani benefited from this multiple ways, too. Talking about his own rule. Yes, sir. The new quote-unquote Otani rule, which is literally how everyone is referring to it. Yeah, I don't know if it's actually written like that in the rule book and the blah, 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 but it is the Otani rule. It is how we're going to refer to it, and I'm pretty sure that's how we're going to remember it, even if it's actually, you know, rule 3.0B7A3AB. <laughs> it's the Otani rule, and basically states means that Otani, you know, he pitches, after he's taken out of the game, he can stay in the game as a DH. Usually, I mean, I don't know if you guys know the rules of baseball, but traditionally, once a pitcher gets out of the game, which in the AL, they're not even batting in the first place, but Otani, <laughs> two-way sensation, you already know, greatest bat out here, gets to bat. When you take a pitcher out, that means he's out of the game. Like, you got to cover his spot, do something, or I think what they did last time was, like, throw him in a position or, like... Yeah, they moved him to the outfield a couple of times. Yeah, like, play around with the rules, and, you know, that's doing a lot. We could get him injured. He's not used to playing that. It could create a little bit of a scenario that you don't want to be in, but with this new rule, after he pitches, you take him out. You could just assign him as a DH, and the boy is good. So, good for Otani and the Angels. They realize it's good marketing, it's good for the game, doesn't really affect many teams or many players, so the impact is not a huge thing in terms of making 
it unfair, but Otani gets to benefit, the game gets to benefit, fans get to benefit, so I think it's really smart. And one other lockout thing worth mentioning was that Ipe, who's Otani's translator, also featured on our new cover. If people don't know, that's Otani's bestie, that's his right-hand man, he's with him all the time. But during the lockout, since he was technically employed by the Angels, he had to quit so that he could keep in touch with Otani because during the lockout, anyone from the team is not supposed to be in contact with players at all. So he quit and then he was still with Otani during the offseason. And then after the lockout ended, he got rehired by the Angels. So kind of a dumb loophole, but it's like an interesting quirk in the story dimension. It does suck, but happy that they were able to work it out some way, somehow. We need Ipe. Big fans of Ipe over here. Yes, sir. Ipe, come on the pod. You already know. Otherwise, as usual, during the offseason, we don't hear a ton from Otani. He usually keeps it pretty low-key. But there were some different things connected to him that were revealed in that time. There was a GQ cover story where they featured him on the front of the magazine, did a whole article on him with quotes and everything and like one of their 10 things I can't live without videos as well what'd you think of all this coverage on him with that it was dope because the stuff that we've been asking for for like a while you know? yeah one the shots were dope they're like iconic shots kind of stylized in a different way but it works the 10 things I can't live without was interesting because Yeah, we got the one thing we wanted from Shohei. It's like, oh, show us a little bit. Show us a little bit of a sneak peek into that, you know, private life. What do you like? I don't remember the video exactly. It's been a few weeks or a few months since I saw it. But like out of the 10 things, like six or seven of them were like for health things. Yeah, yeah. It was all very technical and baseball related. (laughs) This helps me heal. Oh, this? Good sleep. Yeah, I ice my bones with this other one. (laughs) That's cool because... Bro, it, like, shows how this is his life, right? Like, yeah, this is what he's about. And I, I can't hate on that. That's, like, I don't know, it's the Kobe way. The, the mentality is, like, the LeBron thing. Like, they're all very focused on their careers, at least, you know, while they're in their primes. After that, that could change over time. But right now, he's, like, focused on being the fucking best baseball player he can be. That's literally what I got from that. And it was bittersweet, again, because, yeah, it's cool to see, like, we might get the best of Shohei coming up, but still don't know what his favorite, you know, Netflix series is. But it was cool that we're getting into that. And I guess we had to, like, warm up to it. You know, we didn't want to get all of it at once. Maybe next year he'll start throwing out a little bit more out there, you know. For sure. And the article itself, it was okay. Like, I feel like a lot of it I already knew. There were a couple random tidbits here and there. We don't really need to go into those details but if you're interested you could check out the story to learn more of that and that was put out at the middle of january but at the end of the month we got an even bigger thing although this was something we were expecting with the cover reveal of mlb the show 2022 the video game which is the video game it's like the 2k for baseball and something that you've talked about i think on here before too that you love to play So I'll hand it over to you. How hype were you to see him on the cover? Because we already knew it was coming, but still. It's like, who else, you know? Who else are they going to throw out there? (laughs) The reveal hit and fucking amazing. Excited for him. Red cover. 
very angel but with like a touch of like the japanese some will be tried to show that show his background within the cover however things only got better they revealed that there would be like a special edition cover mvp edition and that blew my fucking mind like that was fire <laughs> and basically what they did is for the mvp which usually costs a little bit more money it, it brings like stubs and you get extra covers and backgrounds for your playstation or xbox whatever you're playing on which now you can play on xbox playstation and switch but back to the cover they revealed another version and this time it was a japanese designer takashi okasaki to do this like cartoony anime cover with shohei looking absolutely dragon ball z super saiyan insane absolutely fire yeah, I was reading about the process for the cover, and they were saying they knew right away, especially by the All-Star break last year, that it was going to be Altani on the cover, and then they started working with this artist and kind of combining his love for manga and anime and this one baseball series he liked called Major as well. And so on that deluxe cover, it went for like a very symmetrical and like samurai kind of look incorporating the baseball themes and there was like a reaction video of Otani seeing it for the first time too and he loved it he thought it was super cool and like that influence being brought in as well I would say the only other thing that was like a missed opportunity was making it MLB the SHO the show nickname Showtime Shohei Otani etc they could have like crossed out the W or done something put the W in a different color to emphasize the SHO aspect more. So I really wish they did that, but otherwise I have no complaints really. And yeah, they announced this before, but the game just dropped. So you've started to play it now. So far, so good. Can't complain. But yeah, so spring training started a little later than usual with the lockout stuff, and it did feel shorter than usual too. But just to give a super quick recap, Otani and Ipe pulled up on... March 13th, and basically over the last couple weeks, he's, you know, taken BP, thrown bullpens, made his spring training debut where he pitched and looked good. He was supposed to pitch another day and then kind of reworked it so that he'd be more lined up for opening day because he's the Angels' opening day starter this year. He's for sure their ace right now, which we'll get to more later. And so he ended up with his second and last pitching appearance on March 31st, where he did well. J.J. Watt, the football player, even came through to watch that game, took a pick with Otani after, and the quote-unquote Otani rule became official that day too. And he hit a few homers in spring training and stuff as well, including one right after Jared Walsh beat him in a batting practice home run derby, where Walsh said that was a moment for me for the rest of my life that I'll brag about, which is pretty funny of just, you know, Otani back on that. Once something bad happens, I'm going to get my revenge in some way or use it to fuel me MJ-esque. And he hit a home run on the first pitch of the game that day. So it seemed like a normal spring training, I want to say. I mean, I guess like I don't expect much. Usually your superstars, you don't hear much or even see much out of them in spring training. And yeah, I feel like he got his workout in. We also mentioned earlier, like with his 10 things I can't live without, like the dude's been ready. 
Kind of like how we mentioned earlier with the 10 things I can't live without. He has the gadgets. I'm sure he's putting in the work. Probably had to postpone like the photo shoots because he had to go train <laughs> or a little pitching session. Like the man's been ready. I know spring training started late, but he's just doing whatever it takes to get him to be ready for that day one. In terms of looking forward to the season ahead, they're sticking with the six-man rotation, which we'll get into that more in a sec with the Angels. And also Madden said that he might be hitting leadoff, which is interesting, but that overall they're going to stick with their plan from last year of just having Otani kind of dictate his usage and schedule and all that. So if he feels tired, he'll let them know. If he feels good, he'll let them know. And for people who have been listening from the start or following along on Otani's journey, you know that the Angels really used to baby Otani. Last year was the first time we kind of saw them be more hands-off, which I'm glad they're doing, and hopefully they actually do continue that this year. I think that is the right way to go. And otherwise, before we get to the Angel stuff from the offseason, let's get to our little predictions for this year real quick. Maybe we'll just do the main categories. You want to start with pitching or hitting? Uh, let's do pitching first. All right, so last year... 131 innings pitched in 23 games, 3.18 ERA, which if you butter knife it would probably be lower because even the game I saw him pitch at Yankee Stadium, that was like a disaster. So if you took out that and maybe one other game, be a lot better. But 98 hits, 48 runs, 15 home runs, 44 walks, 156 strikeouts, 1.09 whip. Yeah, where are you seeing, I guess like ERA especially, for this year and kind of his usage yeah this one is kind of tricky i still have that ptsd from the first couple of seasons. <laughs> so we're yeah. assuming that obviously he's gonna be healthy i feel like we have to mention that right for me i feel like there's three things i'm eyeing or hoping he does better and he did 130 innings if he could bump that up and get 150 to 160 innings pitched that's a plus. That's a win. Mm-hmm. Again, that means he stayed healthier, didn't really miss many games, and he's probably even going deeper in games, which we want to see that. ERA, yeah, bro, if we could <laughs> that down to like a 290, that's elite. Obviously, that goes without saying that that would mean that he's giving up less hits, probably less home runs. But that other number that I think is crucial doesn't necessarily correlate to ERA. It's walks. He has a little bit of a problem with walks. He does strike out a lot of people. Obviously, that boy throws gas. But sometimes that zone gets a little small for him and he can miss it. If he could just knock down the walks a little bit, just the ratio. I think he had 44 last year. If he could cut it to like 35 or down. Or if he stays right around that number but adds those innings, then it's fine. Everything else is nasty. The guy throws gas like his strikeout per nine is like over 10 i think we're gonna see that could probably even go higher because last year it was kind of like uh again like i think we all have ptsd from those seasons like i feel like they were still being careful this year if he's fully healthy he's gonna let us sing like that arm is gonna throw and he probably will get a lot more whiffs so wouldn't be surprised if those numbers go up i just hope the control is there and he doesn't walk that many but i think those three things yeah those innings Slash games, ERA, and the walks are crucial. I'll keep it brief. 
and I'll set a little bit more ambitious goals even. I think he's going to have a good pitching year. He seems comfortable. I'm going to say a 2.5 ERA, 150 innings pitch, I think is like a good amount, especially because he's still on the six-man rotation. And strikeouts, I'm going to set it at 200. I think Garrett Cole can do it, Otani can do it, so let's make it happen. Damn, yeah, I mean, (laughs) 2.5 is crazy. I hope he does it, obviously. He might be pitching to a slight tougher division, but doesn't mean he's not getting better, so... We'll keep an eye on that for sure. You want to go first on hitting? Yeah, sure. So to recap 2021 real quick, 155 games, 639 plate appearances, 103 runs, 138 hits, 26 doubles, 8 triples, 100 RBIs on the dot, 46 home runs, 26 stolen bases, 96 walks, 20 intentional walks, 189 strikeouts, 257 batting average, 592 slugging, and 965 OPS. So, I mean, this was like a breakthrough hitting year for him. At the same time, I think he can do better, and I'm going to be optimistic this year after we've been pessimistic for a while before this. So, predictions. I'll just hit some of these. Home runs, I want to see him pass 50. I think he can do it. Stolen bases, I want to see him get at least 30, 40 would be amazing. With Trout and Rendon behind him in the lineup, hopefully not as many intentional walks, which could boost some of these numbers. Also, batting average, not as important as it used to be, but to get it closer at least to 300, I think would be good. And honestly, I know the one dot OPS is like elite, elite, elite level, but I think he can reach there too. So I'm just going to stick with those for now. And also triples, only eight. I know he can do more in his sleep. Let's go with like at least 13 triples. That's crazy. (laughs) I like it though. I like it. I really think he could get to 50 home runs. Truly do. I think he's going to fall short. I think he's going to stay somewhere around the 40s. I would say like 45, possibly even 48. I just, 50 is crazy. Like, Mm. and I really hope, but if I was like, betting money i'd say he doesn't reach that but a few multi-home run games can make that happen but i'll say that 46 48 is his range runs a few more he's gonna be batting first like you said he is gonna be seeing more pitches trouties in rendon should be hopefully healthier for me to strike out less everything else comes with it like it doesn't really rbis don't really matter to me i guess but on base is crucial like uh, go 380 and yeah if he could bring that ops up to the one dot you know that 1000 easy super easy mvp season all right so moving on to the angels which we always hit as well let's get into their off season and how they're looking for 2022 so maybe we'll start off on the pitching side because that's something we've been hammering home for years they don't have enough good pitching Andrew Heaney was their opening day starter a couple years ago. It's been really bad. And in this offseason, they did at least try some stuff. They got Thor, a.k.a. Noah Syndergaard, who's still kind of recovering back from injury. They got him for one year. They brought in Michael Lorenzen, who has been in relief, but he's being pulled into a starter role. And they brought back 
Iglesias for closer, which I was really happy about. I think he's lights out in that spot, and he seems to like it there, so perfect match. They got some other solid bullpen arms in Ryan Tapera, Aaron Loop, even Archie Bradley, although I think he's injured to start the season. But basically, their six-man rotation is looking like Otani first up, Sandoval next up, who looked great last year. I really like him. I think he'll be good. And also him and Otani are buds as well. Got Syndergaard third, Jose Suarez fourth, who kind of filled in for Dylan Bundy last year after he was just god-awful and threw up on the mound at Yankee Stadium and etc. Then Lorenzen, and then in the sixth spot, you got Reed Detmers, who's the Angels' number one prospect, who pitched in a couple games last year and was whatever, but was kind of just his first taste, so he could still be decent, but not the worst rotation the Angels have had, maybe the best group since we started doing this podcast. But at the same time, not really who you want for a number two at the least. Like you'd want another strong guy to back up Otani, especially with Syndergaard coming off injury still. And the bullpen is looking better with Iglesias still there again to pair a loop, etc. But at least the starting rotation, you just wish they would have added one more or gotten someone else instead of Thor. Yeah, they're they're missing a piece. I wouldn't be happy with this rotation at all, especially six man. There's two things that are like really crucial or like important, and they need one is Sinegar to go crazy and like possibly get back to what he was, which I'm not gonna say it's unlikely, but there's a low chance of it. And two, you need Detmers to be like the prospect that they think he is. There's a low chance of that as well bullpen looks good like actually like a decent bullpen however if you're gonna give the ball to the bullpen and you're already down two three runs there's no point to that so yeah they needed one more piece they needed even i don't know someone like sean Manaya, who's now a san diego padre so mm-hmm. just someone even if it wasn't a true second if you just add a bunch of good thirds on the rotation that kind of makes up for it but they don't really have that not wishing bad on them hope they actually break out it's just kind of unlikely moving on to the other side of things they signed max stassi which is important for otani as his catcher to a three-year deal so he'll be around for a while they also signed kurt suzuki as a backup for another year so they have depth there too they did pick up some random yankees players like andrew velasquez aka squid and tyler wade there's a bunch of guys who are possible for second base who we'll talk about in a sec the other big news which has come at the end of spring training is that the angels decided to dfa justin upton in the last year of his five-year contract which was a very surprising move the way this works the angels will have to pay the same money he's still under contract which is 28 million dollars just to let him go to use his roster spot because they think Joe Adele and Brandon Marsh, young guys who we've seen in the last year or two, are having good springs, even though Upton had a great spring training too. But they're basically going to let another team have him for free and pay for it, similar to the Abward Pujols thing in a way. But this move was just, I don't know, so weird and 
not confusing because I get that you want to have Adele and Marsh as more of a thing, but when you're paying $28 million, like, take advantage of the guy you had. Like, at worst, he's a veteran presence who can still mash at times. I wouldn't have DFA'd him myself. Obviously, they have other stuff in mind. What do you think of that specifically before we get into their lineup? It was for sure a little surprising, and mostly because of all the money still behind it taking the loss, knowing that this contract was an L. So it was surprising in that aspect. However, I would say I'm not mad at the decision. Justin Upton is kind of ass. The outfield, as expected, with Adele, Trout, and Marsh is actually insane. As long as Adele and Marsh keep up the work that, one, they're expected to and that they've been having lately, obviously along with the second best player in baseball. Yeah, solid. I'm not mad at it. And it's one of those things where, like, it, it, it's almost disrespectful to keep a player of that caliber and that you owe that much money to, like, on the bench. Or, like, platoon him and stuff, yeah. Other teams have done it before. Still sucks. Justin Upton was a beast at a point, but he's just too injury-prone, strikes out a lot. He does hit the ball a mile whenever he catches one on the core, but it's a sign of the Angels kind of saying, like, hey, we're trying to change things, and... Even though they didn't do all the right moves they needed to, this is kind of like a moving on type of thing, and I'm not mad at that. So moving on to their lineup after that, this is not in order, just kind of going around the diamond. You got Stasia Catcher, Jared Walsh at first, who had a great year last year. I think he'll continue to get better. Second base is, like I was saying, a total mission field right now. Fletcher used to be there, but they're saying he's the shortstop for the moment. But at second, you got Tyler Wade, Matt Duffy, Jack Mayfield, Squid, Renhifo, I guess all competing at the moment. That seems to be the vibe. So then at short, you got Fletcher. Third base, you got Rendon, who let's hope continues to not be the same kind of bad contract like Upton and Pujols and other people. And then in the outfield, like we just said, a combination of Adele, Trout, and Marsh. I believe it's Adele and right, Trout center, Marsh left, but they might be switching it up a little bit. And then Otani DH. So it's not the worst lineup at all, but we also say every year, like, this lineup looks good on paper. And then things happen, either people don't perform at the highest level or, you know, Trout and Ren don't get injured like last year and then Otani's unprotected. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's not a bad lineup at all. I'll say the biggest weak spot is that middle infield, even including Fletcher, who we were big fans of like the first couple years of the pod. Yeah, yeah, I still love Fletcher. Something happened after the COVID season where his bat isn't exactly the same. He's still a good contact hitter. He's still a solid player, but I don't know. He did have that long hitting streak last year, though, after he was slumping. Yeah, he, he went through a bad slump. It was very unlike him, kind of like DJ LeMay. Uh, we we yeah, seen yeah. these type of players go through... St- seasons like that i guess that could change and that needs to happen especially because i feel like this lineup looks like it'll be top heavy so yeah it's interesting there's for sure weak spots all they need to do is get started with a little hot april maybe even may and i'm pretty sure they'll start working on possible trades if they see them having a better chance of like getting to the playoffs because this is the best angel team we've seen and i don't know what would you say (laughs) Yes, probably since we started the pod. Well, with that, the over-under for wins this season for them that I heard is 83 and a half. 
which would be their best season since 2015. Would you take the over or under on that? That's so sad. Uh, <laughs> I go over. Not by a lot. I'm going to take the under. I just, I still don't fully believe in this team. Like something always happens. I feel like they'll get, I don't know, maybe 77 or something. That's rough. I see them like at 85. I hope I'm wrong. I want to see them do well, but. But even that doesn't get them like to the playoffs or anything. Yeah. In the division, I mean, the A's had a massive fire sale. They're going to be the worst team. They might still be moving more pieces after we finish recording this. Like you said, they just traded Sean Mania. The Rangers did a bunch of signings with Seager and Simeon and adding some other pieces, but I think they're still going to be developing for a while. Mariners had a nice offseason. They'll be even more exciting and fun than last year. Astros lost Correa and Greinke. They got Verlander back. I think the Astros are honestly still going to be the powerhouse with Mariners being the kind of edgy team and Angels being the solid 500 team also fighting. But yeah, I think this division belongs to Houston still a little less, like not as confident because the Mariners are like right there on their backs one or the other team between the Astros or the Mariners is that wild card spot. Whoever doesn't win the division, obviously. And I think the Angels are probably right under that. They're that third. And I think they're fighting for third with like the Rangers. The Rangers aren't that bad a team. Their pitching is whatever, but it's a team that could hit, a team that's young, a team that's fun. And who knows? Again, they start hot and with one move or possibly two, the Angels could be right up there. And yeah, before we sign off, thanks again to Hickey Baseball, H-I-K-K-Y dot baseball for our new cover art. Looks great. And this has been kind of the intro slash preview for the 22 season for both Otani and the Angels. We're looking forward to doing more of these episodes as the season goes. As usual with recent seasons, we'll kind of see how it plays out and do new episodes once there's enough new to talk about or something really big happens. So just keep an eye out. That'll wrap it up for this first episode of the fifth season of Otani Comes to America. Should be a fun season. I'm Kev. You can find me at Same Old Kev pretty much everywhere. And I'm Jack. You can find me at Jack Bloom Summer, Summer with an O on everything. No, he's not just a two-way sensation. He's not the best player in baseball. A.K.A. The Greatest Showman. A.K.A. The Anaheim Starboy. A.K.A. Showtime. A.K.A. Show he got the pop, show he got the smoke. A.K.A. The Six-Tool Player. A.K.A. The Double Trouble Ring Slinger Dinger Hitter. A.K.A. Shohei the Money. We're gonna have to do that soon. <laughs> A.K.A. Otani B. A.K.A. The Boss of All Clout. A.K.A. Mr. Hot Wheels. A.K.A. Swohei Brotani. A.K.A. Mayamo Otani. A.K.A. Let me get a number 17. What's that? An Apo Taco. A.K.A. The Bart Boy No Simpson. A.K.A. MLB The Show. Better than a video game player. But now, he is the video game. <laughs>